This is Actualize Freedom. Straight talk on growing clicks and conversions on Amazon FBA from people doing it every day. Now here's your host, digital marketing acrobat, Danny Kenji Carlson. Okay, we are rocking and rolling and we are here today with Mr. Alex Chikowski, if I am pronouncing that right. Did I just butcher it or is that totally correct? You nailed it. We're here with the Chikowski-nator. That is my nickname that I just came up with. And he is from Helium 10 and he is the expert on portals, which is their new external traffic software for Amazon sellers. So what we're going to be talking about today is all about Amazon external traffic and the different strategies that sellers are using in 2021 for driving that external traffic and then driving their Amazon sales to the moon. So welcome to the podcast, Alex. How's it going? First off, just give us an introduction. Like what is your background in Amazon and, and Helium 10 and everything like that? Right. Thank you for having me, Danny. Uh, I am a product manager here at Helium 10. I work on our email follow-up uh, email automation tool and our portals, marketing tools, landing pages, QR codes, short links, product insert designer, uh, all those sorts of tools. So um, I don't have an extensive background in Amazon specifically, although I have sold things on Amazon, mostly flipping used textbooks, uh, but I have more of a technical background coming from Walmart tech and now Helium 10, where we're working in the Amazon space. Yeah, and before we dive into the Amazon external traffic stuff, can you just talk a little bit about Helium 10 and their growth trajectory over the past few years here? Because, I mean, we've seen that company grow from little Manny Coates uh, and a few developers to a pretty large team that's really scaling things up. Absolutely, yes. So we, we have seen a lot of growth. Uh, I've been with the company only from uh, August of last year. Um, but I've known about Helium 10 back when I was selling textbooks on Amazon. And uh, Helium 10 has seen a lot of growth. Uh, and with that growth, what we're trying to do is, is reinvest it in the tools so we can, we can benefit our customers. Uh, so beefing up a lot of the old tools that you might be familiar with, uh, a lot more of the product research tools, and then um, beefing up even some of the new, net new or, or, or brand new um, tools that we're adding. So, so we're doing a lot more of sort of R&D, trying to figure out how we, can we make things more intuitive, um, build more AI into our systems, um, take a more multi-channel approach too. So those of you that are graduating off of just Amazon, going into Walmart, uh, Shopify, playing in the Pinterest shop space, or even Google shops, Facebook shops, um, really trying to uh, give you tools that you can leverage in your omni-channel strategy as well. Uh, and then the last shameless plug I'll give is our Adtomic that we've launched recently, which is our um, AI-powered PPC tool that um, we, we have rebranded and relaunched with a lot of new cool capabilities there too. All of these things to try to make your job easier and your business run more smoothly. Yeah, well, actually, that brings me to uh, an interesting point here. So um, before we dive into the, uh, the Amazon external traffic stuff, um, I don't know if you can share this information or not, but we, we used a, uh, well, we still use a tool called Prestazon to help us manage our, our PPC ads for our clients. And I know that Prestazon actually got 
acquired by Helium 10. So do you, can you share with us any, any details? Like is Prestazon actually just being absorbed into Helium 10's uh, PPC software suite? Yeah, I wouldn't call it necessarily absorbed, but yes, we did acquire Prestazon. Um, ben and the rest of his team, we've been working very closely together since the acquisition last year. And Adtomic is actually the combination of our ads tool and Prestazon put together. We took the best of both tools, repackaged them, refined them to make them even better. And that Adtomic launch is basically the heads of Helium 10 clashing with the heads of Prestazon to create the best product that we could in PPC. Uh, and so that is kind of what you're seeing now in Adtomic is all of the cool existing features that you had in Prestazon's PPC tool beefed up with with um, what we had in ads with Helium 10. Interesting, interesting. Gonna have to check that out when that comes out, but let's dive into the Amazon external traffic. So kind of open-ended question for you, just based on everything you see, right? Because Helium 10 works with so many different Amazon sellers from brand new all the way up to, you know, eight, nine figure Amazon sellers. So like, what have you been seeing as far as Amazon external traffic strategies to be the most effective things for sellers in 2021? So there's a, there's a lot of things that you can do. Um, the most, I would say, ROI aside, the most effective strategy is paid ads. So social ads um, it has been the trend um, as of late. And that would be your, your Facebook ads, your, your Instagram, which is under that same umbrella. Um, you can even do paid, uh, you know, um, Pinterest ads, uh, things of that sort. You could also venture into the, the Google ad space too. So um, th that is where we see the most success in volume. Um, but also there is the spend that, that goes with that as well. So um, that's more of your, your paid traffic. Um, organically, it, it's much more difficult to drive off Amazon traffic, but certainly not impossible. Um, and there's, there's different ways that, that you can do that. So we, we kind of bucket things into two different um, parts of your funnel. There's the pre-sale part, which is more of the top of funnel driving sales traffic. Uh, and then there's also ways to market um, or retarget off of Amazon as well. Um, and that's your post-sale bottom of funnel too. So um, you see most of the, the spending goes on at the top of funnel, which is you're building your sales funnel to try to um, drive off Amazon traffic to your Amazon listings. Excellent. And just to clarify what you're saying there, when you mean organic traffic, you're talking about posting on social media, Instagram, SEO and things of that nature, right? And paid traffic, you're talking about running Facebook ads, you know, actually spending money on advertising. Absolutely, yes. Okay, excellent. So maybe walk us through like this, uh, this funnel that you that you have set up here. So you're talking about you kind of put traffic into certain buckets, you have the, the pre sale traffic, and then you treat that a certain way in the funnel. And then you have the, you know, different steps. What are those different steps of the funnel? Right. So if you're looking at like, take take a Facebook ad, for, for instance, um, there's a few different things you could run it to. Right. So the first question is, all right, I'm going to create an ad and the copy and content aside. Right. So you're going to want to build engaging content, engaging copy. And you're probably going to want to also maybe potentially split test that and figure out what audience is it converting best for all those sorts of things. But just just starting out, you know, you're building your, your copy and content for your Facebook ad. And then the question is, where do I drive this traffic to? 
Now I could drive it directly to my Amazon listing, which is not a bad decision, um, but you may also want to, um, depending on is an existing product, is it uh, a new product you're launching? Um, there's different things that you might want to package with that. A very common one being, let me give out, do either like some rebate type promotion or some coupon codes that I want to give away, whether it's single use or group coupon code um, as a part of the launch um, to, to try to drive more sales and traffic for this particular product. So that's the first question you have to answer is, is where am I driving the traffic to? I recommend in a lot of cases to, to put a step in between in your funnel before going to your Amazon listing, um, putting a, a step before there where you can actually track the user that is clicking on, uh, on your ad and hopefully collect some customer information. And you can also use it as almost like a pre-sell or upsell um, sales page. So uh, basically what that would look like is build a landing page that sells your product very well for you. Um, there's things, there's also advantages to doing this. If you're not brand registered, there's certain limitations of what you can do with your Amazon listing. None of those limitations, however, exist on your landing page, including, you know, all the things that Amazon, even if you are brand registered, all of the different terms of service that you would have to abide by in your Amazon listing, none of that applies in your landing page. So you can use that as a pre-sale page that all bets are off and you can do whatever you want to try to sell that item. Um, and stands out a bit more as well. And you can also offer, let's say, a coupon code and collect their customer information. So, oh, we'll give you 10% off you know, your, if you buy this item today, um, sign up for our newsletter to stay in touch, right? All those sorts of things. So now, if they've dropped off your funnel, you probably track them with a Facebook pixel after clicking your, your link, you've collected their customer information, and you've also delivered a coupon code to them to try to incentivize them to then complete the purchase and complete the funnel. So if you were to go directly to Amazon, in some, in some cases that might convert better because you're not adding an, a, an extra step to your sales funnel, um, but you're missing out on some of these other benefits that you could get by inserting that other step before your Amazon listing. Um, and then you could also do things like if you wanted to directly add to cart, um, things like that from your landing page uh, to then help try to reduce the drop off of that funnel. Right. I really like what you're saying there because there's a lot of problems with sending your traffic directly to Amazon. Like we may now have Amazon attribution. So we, you know, we have a little bit better idea of what's actually happening. But the problem with sending someone straight to an Amazon listing is they may not purchase your product. Right. So there's an average of 27 other products on every single one of your Amazon product pages. So you might just be paying for everyone to click over to your listing, but then your one competitor is just always showing up on your listing and their their images are better they have more reviews or whatever and you're losing maybe 30 percent of those uh, customers over to your competitor and you're, you're and you're paying for it right so uh, what you mentioned was really interesting how you can get someone with a direct add to cart link from a pre-sale landing page so you're doing all the selling all the kind of convincing on that pre-sale landing page and then you're sending them straight to that add to cart page where you know they're, they're much more likely to actually follow through with the sale is that what you're saying exactly yeah so if you think about your amazon listing you have like a little bit of you have your title images and description and then if you scroll down there's the more like detailed information that you can provide with more like creative copy and content right but before you get there as you just called out you know you're scrolling past other recommended items sometimes amazon will have oh like uh 
like very comparable items too, and it compares those like, oh, these got better ratings, things like that too. So it's just another chance for someone to choose a different product from the paid traffic that you have actually paid for to drive them to Amazon and you're losing out on that sale. So um, you can look at your sales page as uh, similar to your Amazon listing, but pulling out all those things that might deter someone from actually buying a different product. And then the other thing I sometimes recommend too is because Amazon is such a trusted service and platform, uh, a lot of people like to kind of throw that 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 it's fulfilled by that service on their landing page. So the button that to buy it or add to cart might say buy on Amazon or some big banner that says available on Amazon or sold and shipped or shipped by Amazon, right? Things like that too, so that they know, oh, this isn't some sketchy site that I'm going to, like some of the Instagram ads you might see. It's actually going from Amazon so I can trust that if something's wrong with it, at least I know I can return it or, or get my money back or, or something like that. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a very smart way to do it. So let's talk about what might be on one of these pages here. What kind of elements do you have on there? Do you have, um, you know, long form copy, a video? Like what, what do you typically recommend that people put on a pre-sale landing page? Right, so if, if you're offering any promotion, you obviously want to include that. Um, you can do a good like banner, uh, like banner kind of notification bar that says, you know, 20% off or 10% off your purchase for, for subscribing. Um, typically we do like a, a similar format to your, your listing, right? Let's do, uh, like either some images or carousel of images of your product. Some, some that have more engaging video content. We'll like to start with that as well. Um, and while it might take a little time to find the perfect design for your landing page, uh, I assure you it's worth the time. So I, I've seen some, some folks go in and have, you know, this kind of, uh, even use a video background and have some like op opaque kind of like layering on top of it. So there's some cool background going on and then you see the product description, all those sorts of things. Um, other things that people have tried and been successful with is, you know, we have in portals, we have um, like an uh, artificial countdown. So it says, oh, this offer is only good for so long, right? It can say for the next four hours, this sale is going on. And you could legitimately schedule it to, to stop at the end of that too. Uh, so it doesn't necessarily have to be an artificial countdown, um, but you can kind of add some sort of sense of urgency that I should hop on this deal while it's still available through Amazon. Um, and then again, promotions, I think, are, are very huge. You can do customer testimonies or reviews, basically, um, seem to, to work very well, too. You can pull your am existing um, Amazon reviews or if you have other channels and, and better reviews or if you have some some like, uh, you know, trusted customers that you want to write a review for you too. Testimonies are always a really good sales tool as well. Um, let me think if there's anything else that is very crucial on your landing page. Usually that's it, right? And the, the other thing you can consider to do is, are you selling a one single item or are you have multiple items too? So um, if you have multiple items, you could choose to build it out as more of a multi item or, or your product catalog storefront on your, on your uh, landing page as well. Just be careful that you're not offering so much that the user doesn't know what it is that the, like the main offering that you want to give is. Yeah, I love those ideas because you're so limited to what you can really have on an Amazon page, right? And um, having testimonials is really amazing, but outside of just your Amazon reviews, you don't really have any control over that. So I love the idea of putting some actual customer testimonies on that landing page, maybe even some videos 
right? Some some actual customer videos where they're where they're just doing that because there's it's really it's really not a good way to incorporate that into your Amazon listing so much. Just like having exact control over the entire sale process of your product. So I really love that idea. Uh, but let's talk about maybe maybe the different traffic buckets here. So you're talking before about the, the pre-traffic, the traffic that doesn't know about your product that you're, you're then gonna send to this landing page. Uh, what are some of the other kind of types of traffic that you, you wanna focus on and then where are you sending that traffic to? Right, so all of that kind of like pre-sale traffic would be you know your Facebook ad, your Instagram ad. You could also use, um, you know, like you kind of said, organically too, right? You're, you're posting things on your Instagram and you can say link in bio or you have your kind of like popular thing is like link tree is, is the new thing that everyone's putting in their bios, which is it's just a list of buttons. We have the same kind of functionality in portals there. And then you have like your your other platforms. Uh, uh, Pinterest is, is gaining in popularity a lot. Um, so there's all those kind of like pre-sale uh, traffic that you can um use to drive to sale a landing page or a sales page uh, and then there's other types of um, ways that you can also engage with your with your customer post sale from amazon too now there's there's there are some flags that should be raised regarding what is within the terms of service of amazon um, the big one is buyer seller messaging so you'd never want to like send something in buyer seller messaging or via email uh, to their to their buyer email um, that is not solicited or, or has to do with their order, things like that. Um, but there are opportunities um, that we've seen, of, uh, which is why we, we kind of looked into the product insert space, because that is a, a lot less, more, it's a lot more open, a lot less monitored, and things are a lot more acceptable in your product packaging itself. Um, so you see a lot of people running promotions um, in their pack-in promotion materials, as we call them product inserts, things like you know additional uh coupon codes to use in amazon um you you know your your kind of like follow us on our different social media handles um activate your extended or, or activate your warranty or claim your extended warranty all these other things post sale as ways to engage and capture your uh, existing customers the, the biggest thing that you want to avoid is just um if amazon sees that you're trying to divert or steal sales traffic from amazon they won't tend to like that. But if it's really like just to engage with the existing customer, again, via social or things like uh, claiming a warranty, um, then those things are within the TOS and are, are deemed more acceptable. Yeah. And one point I'd like to just reiterate about product inserts is that they have a 100% impression rate, right? Every single person that opens up your product sees it right whereas email or like virtually any other form like facebook retargeting or anything like that has a much much lower impression rate right it doesn't mean someone's actually going to take action on it it just means that everyone sees it so i mean you can't beat 100 percent with the uh, with the product packaging they at least have to grab it and like throw it into garbage or something uh to uh to get rid of it absolutely yeah and and that's like another opportunity to maybe you have it in your packaging but it's just another opportunity to like whatever your brand name is, maybe it's some private label brand name that you have. Uh, it's just another way to reinforce that, that brand recognition in your, in your product insert. And then again, if you can make it uh, some sort of like incentive to, to actually whatever your kind of call to action is um, on your product insert, 
um, incentivizing in some way usually tends to convert a little bit better. But you, you made a great point, right? You could be um, you could be putting a bunch of organic uh, content out there that's never seen, or you could be paying for ads. Now the ads, at least you'll get impressions from the ads, um, but it's there's something different where you've already purchased the item and it's in their home, right? And they if they're not going to engage with whatever content that you put on there on your product insert, like you said, you they physically need to go and throw it out, right? So um, at, at very least, you know, they're probably not going to leave all the contents in the box, if, depending on how you put the product insert in the packaging as well. They're really forced to at least look at it and see what is this before they, they make the decision to to not do whatever it is and throw it out, right? So um, in, in terms of just getting eyes and impressions on it, uh, we do see that they convert pretty well, um, even just, you know, for the for the small cost that it is as well, right? Um, you can, you know, you can get them for cents on the dollar, 10, 12 cents, for, you know, per per insert. Um, and so the, the little investment that you would take to try to get eyes on that, um, in a lot of cases, ter- turns out to be worth the investment. Yeah, and I mean, I think there's only one thing that could possibly beat that, and that is, uh, I'm still waiting for a startup that figures this out, is how to incorporate their retargeting pixel with door-to-door salesmen who actually just show up to your door and, and ring your doorbell a few times and, uh, you know, actually get in your face, right? So until that day comes where, uh, you know, that's just integrated, maybe that'll be an option within Facebook ads. You just choose, like, retarget and then ads type, like, door-to-door salesman, and you, you pay per, per door knocked. yeah uh i don't know if that'll happen they do have you know services where um if you're printing your your like postcard type inserts where they'll deliver it to your mailing list for you there's those sorts of services but but nothing nothing that's that uh you know that human aspect yet yeah i mean if you had a higher price point product it might make sense to you to do one of those services there's some interesting ones out there that have seen that they'll actually create handwritten letters that you can send out to a mailing list. Like you just type, you know, punch in a bunch of addresses and stuff like that. Uh, they usually use a, a CNC machine to actually write the handwritten letter, but like the person who receives it can't tell the difference. It looks like it was written with real ink and everything like that. So, uh, you know, if you have a higher price point product where something like that makes sense, it could actually not be a bad strategy for you. Yeah, that's uh, that's personal touch, although not quite uh, a little impersonal if it's a machine doing it, but uh, yeah, you're right. And you brought up a good point too. With all of these different strategies, um, I think it's very dependent on the product and and the price point of the product. The 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 you know what is the persona of the buyer too, right? So there's always that. Again, there's that kind of human variability of um, some of these tactics that we're talking about will will work better than others depending on again the type of product or the or who your customer is right so if your customer isn't on particular channels then maybe you don't want to drive the traffic that way um so you know if you're if your customer is not on facebook then why are you trying to run ads on facebook um which again is is another reason to advocate for the product insert because you're you know that that's your customer already that's receiving that promotional material versus trying to just throw it out there into the world and figure out who is my demographic that I should be targeting. Yeah, and like think about that, right? 10 cents per impression for one of these product inserts is is pretty good considering the the relevancy of that targeting, 
right? If you calculated that out in your Facebook ads for actually how much does it cost to reach a relevant person, you're getting a pretty good ROI on that 10 cents, I think. But um, what do you recommend that people do for these product inserts? Like, is there a specific landing page that you think that they should be sent to? And, and like, should they be capturing their email? What should go on there? Right. So let's talk about the design of the product insert first. So obviously you want it to be very brand forward, right? A lot of people focus on the branding of their product insert. Um, we've seen people put, you know, a lot of their product images on it, but um, the ones that I've actually seen that seem to be a little bit more professional uh, use a lot of like lifestyle images on there. They usually have something about the mission of the company, um, a little thank you message potentially from like the owner, all those sorts of things, you know, here's where you follow us on social media. So there's all of these things that you might want to include in your product insert. Now there's others that, that very, that keep it extremely simple where it's a little almost business card size and just says, you know, go to this link or scan this QR code to activate your warranty. Right. So, um, again, I think it just depends on who your customer is and, and how much do you want to invest in creating really good content and copy on your product insert. Same as your, your landing page, right? Um, it, you know, the more time you spend on it, it may may improve how it converts. It may not. So things to test out and you can test those out if you'd like, you know, different have two different styles that you send out and see what works better. Um, that sort of, sort of thing. Um, as far as where you might want to direct them to, again, it depends on what your strategy is. Um, there's the the kind of like social media strategy. So maybe your goal is to just get more followers and engagement on social, in which case you may want to just push that as heavily as possible. Um, I've seen sellers that do like a like a weekly or monthly drawing, you know, follow us on these two accounts or something like that. And we'll do a, a drawing for a free gift. Right. Um, so, again, incentivizing um, them to, to go and do that, whatever that desired action is. So if that's your goal, more social. Uh, you know, you put your different account handles on there and maybe do some sort of drawing that way. And then there's tools that you can do that, like randomly select one of your followers. Right. So there's things to kind of automate that and make it truly random. Um, uh, the, a very popular one that we've seen is, again, the, the warranty activation one. So maybe you don't uh, offer any extended warranty beyond um, what what Amazon requires you to do. But maybe. And again, I think it's very product specific. If you're in a product that might break um, more like that has uh, moving parts to it or any electronic type item um, or utility mechanical type item that that users or, or your customer might think could break might be more apt to um, might opt into your warranty or higher price point items as well right if you've got a uh, you know a cutting board they're probably not going to do that right in what in what world is that going to break within 90 days or something but uh, a little you know a little electronic gadget, Bluetooth speaker, or something like that, then they might want to, or again, higher price, price point item. So warranty activation is is a very big one too. Um, and then you could always do, you know, the uh, the whole coupon code or offer some sort of future discount. Uh, a lot of people frame that as a, like a, oh, you know, join our like VIP list to learn about new products and get exclusive promotions. Um, or you can say an instant, you know, get a 10% off your next purchase. Uh, a lot of those work really well, again, depending on the product. If it's a not a like if, it, if it's going to be like a, a very repeat buyer type product, um, so like more like consumable type items, um, then they might work better doing a future promotion because 
if, if you see a lot of repeat buyers, right? So if you're doing dog treats or, or something like or a dog toy that your dog chews up every month and you keep getting the same one, um, then a future discount might be more uh, enticing to your customer too. So again, it, it depends on your goal and who your customer is. Um, but in any sense, I think there is an opportunity for, for all types of products to engage in this type of promotion. Um, and, and again, what you can do is, you know, you can do just a link to wherever you're putting them to. Um, a lot of times you want to shorten that link so it's easier for them to type in. So you use a URL shortener. QR code has now with COVID too, you go to any restaurant, you're scanning a QR code uh, to see the menu. So I think everyone is familiar at this point with how QR codes work. Um, and, and, you know, some enjoy that experience too. So, um, either way you're doing that. And then the other thing to remember too, is wherever you're sending them to make sure it's mobile optimized because chances are they're pulling out their smartphone and going to it, right? If they're scanning a QR code, they're 100% going to the mobile site. So go mobile first, uh, make sure that it's a responsive mobile first design of whatever web page or source that you're directing them to. Um, and then make sure that you're probably doing things like we talked about with Facebook pixels, those type of tracking integrations. Um, so maybe you just are selling stuff, you have a product insert, they scan a QR code to go to your landing page and you have tracking pixels on your QR code and landing page. And now you can then retarget that person off of Amazon um, and, and, and hopefully potentially make them a repeat uh, buyer, or you create a lookalike custom audience in Facebook and say, what are other people that are similar to this person who has bought this product already that I can then retarget for using social ads too. So a lot of different intricate strategies that you can take and the paths separate into a million different directions. So it, it's, it's, there is some planning and thought to put into it. Um, but if you, if you find a strategy that works, uh, you can see a lot of success from it. Yeah, I think you really got to keep it stupid simple because you gotta you gotta remember that like there's always going to be a certain percentage of people that just do not understand simple things like QR codes and and links and stuff like that. Like I'll give you a quick example. Like I, I once was on a, a Zoom call with somebody and then I, I sent them an important link in the Zoom chat and uh, you know they had to save this link for future reference and they pulled out their phone and took a picture of the of the link of the Zoom chat. I'm like. Are you sure that's the best way to, to save it? I mean, I think I might I might just like open it in and bookmark it or something like that, just suggesting. But um, I mean, it's, it's some people find this technology stuff a little bit overwhelming and difficult. So you want to get people like every every possible avenue, right? The, the QR code, a short URL that's super easy for them to type if there's someone who's going to type it um, and, and things like that. And um, I love also how you're saying that it really depends on what the product is and you actually have to think about it. Like, don't just take what Alex is saying here and just go do it because that's what Alex said. It doesn't make sense for a lot of products, right? The warranty works great for a lot of products, but I mean, if you're selling something that just doesn't break, why in the heck would you ever go sign up for a warranty? Like, I can tell you, I'm never going to bother signing up for a warranty for my, you know, steel wrench that has no moving parts. And it's like I could just drop it off my second floor balcony and it would be perfectly fine. Um, but for an electronic product, I probably would, right? If it was an iPhone or, or something that would potentially break down or is expensive, then absolutely I'm signing up for that warranty. And that's really good. So I love how you say that you really just got to think about it. Like what makes the most sense? Like what is actually an enticing incentive for your customer to go through and you know stop what they're what they're doing in their busy day because I mean you know signing up for your email list 
is not your customer's priority at all. You know, <laughs> no matter how awesome you think it is, you have to make it awesome for them and, and make it worth it for them. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, some of these strategies might not be right for any products. I, I would I would argue that you could probably find some way. So, you know, the the wrench, you're not going to you're probably not going to run a Facebook ad to sell a wrench. You're probably not going to use it uh, an extended warranty to sell a wrench. But maybe if you said, you know, subscribe to our newsletter or follow us on social media and we do a monthly drawing for this two hundred dollar tool set. Now, that might work for that type of customer. Um, you just need to figure out, is the ROI worth it um, to actually do some sort of giveaway to that extent? So, again, there, there is, a, like you said, a lot of thought that should go into it. And it's not an out of the box or one size fits all. Approach. Yeah. Yeah. Very important piece there. Well, awesome, Alex. We're at the end of our time here. If, uh, if people want to learn more about portals, this new Helium 10 tool that, uh, that goes into the landing pages and all that kind of stuff, just give us a little overview. Like, what does this new tool do and where can people learn more about it? Right. So, the, like I said, the portals, we have the landing page builder. Uh, we have different portal types. So sales pages, warranty activation pages, if that's what you're using, where we'll then um, we can even validate that it's a, a real order ID before we let them activate the warranty. Um we, are, we have a button tree similar to your link tree uh, that you might put in your bio that has a bunch of different links, you know, for different maybe products or, or different storefronts that you have for your brand. Um, so we have the portal landing page builder also have those integrations that we talked about. You know, if you want to put Facebook pixels on it, um, those sorts of things, we, we have forms where you can collect customer information and store it and then, you know, export it to other systems or retarget those customers that you've collected through your landing page, through your portal. So there's a landing page piece. We have the product insert designer piece of portals, which is choosing from different design templates based on whatever your strategy is. We'll be adding some kind of what we're calling featured in insert templates too, where we're actually working with affiliates and professional sellers that quite frankly spend a lot branding and coming up like in design um, to, to design their product inserts, spent a lot on some like marketing or branding companies. And they've actually worked with us where we've templatized their product inserts and you can design them uh, and customize them for your product and brand too. So we'll be launching that very soon, but product inserts is available today. Uh, we have the QR code generator and short short URL uh, creator too, where you put in you know whatever URL, destination URL you want, and then you can shorten that link or have a QR code and then start tracking who's scanning it, where are they, uh, what device, all those sorts of things too. So you can um, you can start using those today, uh, and then we have a, a few other features that'll be coming out as to you know in our marketing suite of tools to help you better use all of those things that I just just described there too. So if you do want to get started and try using some of those features that we have in portals, uh, you can go either directly to helium10.com um, and and sign up for a free account to get started. Uh, if you already are a Helium 10 user, you can go to portals.helium10.com and start using, using all of these portals marketing tools that we have available to you. Boom. And whenever you say portals, I always think about that that old uh, Xbox game where you're just like, you have this crazy gun and you like shoot a wall and it'll turn into a portal and you can start like teleporting through these crazy portals. So any of you video game nerds out there will know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, and uh, portals, the Helium 10 version sounds 
also fun. So um, whether you're talking about Xbox portals or Healing 10 portals, you guys are in for a good time. So thank you so much for coming on here, Alex. And um, we'll put all those links in the show notes, as always, guys. And until next time, go out there and kick some ass. For show notes and resources mentioned in this episode, visit KenjiROI.com.